Hey everyone, Pastor Vaughn here with another episode of Rock Talk. It's the Rock Church Podcast. Today you are in for a treat. Today we have in with us Glenn and Janet Neighbors. They are joining us for episode two of Rock Talk. We're going to be talking about uncommon commitment. What does commitment look like and why do we need commitment in our relationships? You know, uncommon commitment today is a necessity because today people are treating commitment more like a contract rather than a covenant. So we're going to get right into it. Here we go with another episode of Rock Talk. Well, thank you guys for uh, jumping on. I really do appreciate this, and I know our church people are going to appreciate this as well because uh, you know we we do live in uh, a culture that doesn't take commitment seriously, uh, and maybe the definition of commitment has differed through the ages. But as Christians, I believe we got to go back to the Bible definition. We got to go back to what biblical commitment looks like. And I believe you guys really exemplify what that looks like in your marriage. In fact, so when we went through this, I have a whole calendar planning out the future podcast. I'm like, who can we have talk about commitment? You know, uh, you know, Jill and I, we could talk about commitment, but we've only been married for 10 years. Uh, sad fact is a lot of people today's age don't stay married for more than a handful of years before they end in divorce or maybe they're livings and they break up and it's very rare to find someone that's been married for more than you know 20 plus years uh, and have a healthy relationship so actually my wife brought up you guys and i'm like oh, that would be so awesome if we can have you guys on uh, this and really kind of show what this you, looks like you. and so but yeah <laughs> so you're not recording right now right huh? oh no we're recording right now this is all recording I am. It's all right here. It's all recording. Oh, dear. And so you're good to go. So I guess what we want to do, uh, one of our goals with this podcast is not only to give some Christian values, but also help the church get to know you. Our church has grown a little bit. We have some new people in our church. Uh, and so I guess you can let me know. I kind of know your story a little bit. But for those who are listening in the future is, um, you know, how did you guys how did you guys meet? How did we meet? Yeah. Well... Uh, actually, I was going to airline school in Denver, Colorado, and the Air Force Base was there, and that's where we met. Actually, a friend of mine um, asked me if we'd like to go to the USO Club because she helped out there. It's a, a military service organization, and she asked if I'd like to go with her, and I said, sure. So her boyfriend and her picked me up, and of course, he was another airman, and he had an airman with him, and so we went to the USO Club, and of course, the, they dance, and the guys have their home-cooked meal. It's kind of the home away from home for military yeah. guys. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> and um, anyway, so I think he was more interested in the chow than he was me, but, you know, whatever. Guys usually are more well, interested in the food. You know, it was, was homemade <laughs> chow. It was like you chow all week, kind of like the ghost stuff. Then you had this nice stuff that the women cooked, you know, you know, potatoes and the good stuff. But you know when I first saw Janny? I thought, well, that gin is cute to myself. Yeah. But it took us probably a couple of weeks to a month before yeah. we actually connected. Yeah. So, you know. Oh, really? As, as, yeah. yeah, as a relationship, yeah. yeah. That's when we started. How, what would that conversation look like? <clears throat> For what? For when you guys first started connecting. Who approached who? What did you guys say? Well. Actually, it was a birthday kiss because. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> There's had, kissing involved? Oh, yeah. Well, that's that's when we thought we wanted to yeah. <clears throat> get together. Um, when we came back from, we had another friend too, and when they came back from this event we were at, they, you know, 
Clay and Pam's boyfriend gave me a kiss on the cheek. Happy birthday, you know. Well, the only one that didn't was Glenn. So he remembered that a couple of weeks later when we were at a dance, just not together, but just at a dance. And he said, I think there's a matter of a birthday kiss that maybe we need to catch up on Smooth that. Smooth operator so, Glenn. Kind of really that's, you know, that and his so, big lie. But other than that, it kind of was trash <laughs> so, me. So it was, it was like this. I gave her a kiss. But it, was a, it was a kiss. It was not on the cheek. It was a kiss on the lips. And it, was like, it was a kiss, you know, like a you went, you went straight for it. Like juicy, man. Yeah. And she, and she goes, do that again. So, so I did it again. Anyway, it was cool. And then we got out of talking. And I said, well, it's be the last one you get because I'm going to Germany three years. That's the big lie. And, and then I found out he was, you know, was not messing. being honest. So actually. I was with her. Yeah, he was just messing with me. But anyway, so that's kind of how it started. And then we went on a date a couple of days later and. And uh, at the base, went to a movie, and then on Sunday, he asked me to marry him, and by the 17th of December, we were engaged, and, and uh, in February, he went to his next base, and we didn't see each other till June. I went to see him one time in Texas, where he was at, and he came home in August, the week before the wedding, and we got married, and here it is 53 years later. So wow. It yeah. was quite a whirlwind, but we learned a lot through mail. We were very good about writing every day, so it was kind of like pen pal. <laughs> yeah, a lot of letters. Yeah, of every day letters. So oh, yeah. It was it was good. It was good, and it's still good. So, so you guys have been married for fifty three years. Fifty three yeah. years. Well, years. One month, twenty four days. Yeah. yeah. Wow. How, how many kids do you guys have? We got two, Glenn Jr. and Heidi. Yeah. And how many grandkids do you guys have? Four. Four, four grandkids. You guys have a full home. House. Two adults, two two little ones, and two adult grandkids. So, yeah. and really I, cool. I gotta gotta say, we got a granddaughter-in-law on the way. So, so oh, there you go. In yeah. Another year or so, we'll probably they'll settle up there too. So, okay, well, that's such it's a exciting. cool cool yeah. thing. That's yeah. really really cool. So, with you guys, fifty-three years of marriage, uh, I would assume that not all of it has been mountaintop rides. Just it hasn't always been super super great i guess you know I, I every marriage has their trials and, and, and tribulations you know i if you guys are comfortable can, can you guys just share some of those maybe, maybe just some hard well seasons? you know we were poor you know the okay. richer and poor the vows that you say yeah. are true Been there, yeah. <laughs> we were very poor when we got married 50 dollars a week or every two weeks or whatever doesn't go very far um we lived on a lot of salad lettuce or lettuce ketchup. and ketchup as ketchup i would say Lettuce and ketchup. What lettuce is that? Lettuce and ketchup. It's just our salad because just, we had, uh, we were so poor we couldn't afford anything. Literally, you know? just lettuce literally, and ketchup. Yeah, literally yeah, ketchup on it for Jesse. Mm -hmm. Things you could make things with, but I didn't have an egg or I didn't have this or that. So, but anyway, that's a military life for you. But then the, the hardest part probably was when he went overseas for 18 months. He went to Okinawa, and I had gotten pregnant, so he went over before Glenn Jr. was born and about a month before he was born. So that was really hard, and then he got to come home for a month during that 18-month stint, and little Glenn was, of course, teething, so you know what that's like. So it wasn't a very pleasant, pleasant experience for him. Mm. And so actually, our marriage really got off to a better start in two years later when he was actually home in the States, and we were out of the military, even though we loved the military, but it was just not going to be our lifestyle. So yeah, uh, And yes, we had ups and downs. And uh, the thing yeah. was, my mom said before we got married, she had this deal, never let never go to bed with anger never be mad at each other when you go to bed uh, always you know clear the air before you go to bed 
you never know when's the last time you're going to see each other. You know, always give a kiss when you leave the house. And, you know, other things. My mom and dad were married almost 68, 68 years. So we had a good, we had good bones, basically, to speak of. We had good role models, you know. And his parents, even though there was a divorce early, he also, they were married 50 years, his dad and his stepmother. So we've had, you know, good role models. So go ahead. You have something to say probably, I'm sure. Oh, I can't. I can't. That's you. <laughs> Isn't she beautiful? <laughs> <laughs> well, we had the time overseas. Time was was hard. I mean, I was eight, nineteen years old. You know, was, and it was, and it's, I won't get personal, but the guys there at the base, and you know, they they always had their girlfriend. You know, they they had their things going on with with the gals and stuff. And, and I wouldn't do that because I had a wife. You know, and they, oh come on, no he's gonna know, no he's gonna know. But I know, I know about it. I, mean, I can't, I can't go, I can't, I can't, I can't go mess on a wife and sleep at night. I can't do it. So I, I had a lot of hard times. And these guys give me, give me, give me static, you know, give me, give me junk, you know. And I had one guy finally said, "You never really respect you, man." It was eighteen months you didn't cheat on your wife. That's right. Said, How come? Because I'm in love with her. I mean, cause I made a commitment to her, you know, just her alone. But, oh, that's awesome, you know. But most of the guys just say, yeah, that's junk, you know, whatever. But, so, that was kind of hard. It's hard with, every time you go to work, and I get teased. Here goes neighbors, you won't do nothing with these girls, you know. And so, but, okay, it was worth it, you know. So, and we had, we had times, like, I got heart problems, and she had surgeries, knees, and, and things replaced, and. I think every one of the vows that we said we've been through. So, yeah. you know, richer really? for poor, poor definitely. Been poor, man. Not rich, no, but, you know, that, that one hasn't got, got to, you know, I don't think I'd want to be rich. We're rich <clears throat> with love. We don't need the other when, money. When my mom heard about that, I said, Mom, we live in Ketchum Lettuce for three years. One you, didn't have any, you didn't have any parents? I said, I could have given you money. But, Mom, what would what we, what we have learned? Mom, bail me out. No, mm-hmm. we, we, we were too young. Yeah. You guys are too young, 19, 18, too young. We were 18 and 19, and we didn't, you know, we did, wouldn't go back to them anyway because we wouldn't want them to say, well, we told you you were too young. They never did try to talk us out of it, but, yes, you know. You sure you uh, want to do this? And as the years went by, we've had, yeah. yeah, we've had ups and downs. We've had, you know, family difficulties not brought on necessarily by us, but, you know, other areas that, that really hurt and things that went on, but... You know, you get through it. You you know that we wanted to live our golden years together. We wanted to look back at our golden at our golden years, look at our life together that we made, and not. Unfortunately, some people don't have that opportunity. They know they, you know, had separations, things like that. So that was our goal. So our I would say our mindset when before we got married was one time, and that was it. The D, D word did not wasn't in our vocabulary. Yeah. We did no. not you know, discuss divorce. We didn't, it just wasn't in our vocabulary. So I think that's a big deal with today. Uh, it's just too easy to get out of a marriage. And so a lot of people take that way out. And I, and I can't, can't believe that they wouldn't regret it somewhere down the line because you change so much between like 18, like we were to now you change so many times and you've got to change together so that one day you don't wake up, your kids have gone, you know, you've wrapped yourself up in your kids and your, their activities and everything else, and then one day you're eating breakfast after the kids, you've got an empty nest now, 
and your husband or wife looks across the table and says, well, who are you? Wow. I don't know mm. who you are. And so a priest told me that one time when we were younger, she said, don't, don't let that ever happen. And that, I remember that. And so we've always made sure that the together time is quality time. Um, and just, it's been very important to <clears> us. So I would think that has a lot to do with where we're at today, you know, because of that. Nothing's been perfect, you know, up and downs, but you know, we get through them because there's tomorrow always looks better than today sometimes. Yeah, I, I love that you were talking about when you guys were getting together. I mean, you were already thinking about your golden years, you know, mm-hmm. what, what you wanted to look like. It reminded me yesterday of the sermon where we were talking about the, the fighter jets when they're in that tight formation mm-hmm. and they have that reference point on the lead jet. Like that is mm-hmm. that is where you want to focus on, allows you to kind of uh, really project where your marriage is going. And I love that. I, 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 I've heard of that. I've mm-hmm. never, maybe, I, I think maybe I can even do a better job of that in my own relationship, but just knowing like what it takes mm-hmm. to get to that, to your goal, mm-hmm. that you want your golden years to be mm-hmm. flourishing and thriving and healthy. And so you guys mm-hmm. made a priority not to wrap yourselves up in jobs and, and, and kids activities. Well, uh, I think, I think we did wrap myself. I wrapped mm-hmm. myself up quite a bit in grandkids. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, when we had our 25th anniversary, we, we renewed our vows and we had actually had another marriage ceremony and yeah, that meant more to us than our first one. Wow. Why? Um, I, it just meant more well, the, we the song yeah. that we had our daughter at that time we was 17, 16, 79 or 18. She sang the song that we'd picked out and it was, it was a beautiful song. It meant I will be there when you wake up in the morning, this type of thing. What was the name of the song? I'll be here. <laughs> I'll be here. Okay. Um, it Steve was also, Chapman. we invited my, um, um, flower girl and all those who were adults now to come and be a part of it so we had the actual wedding and then she walked down just like the flower girl and she was an adult now you know things like that it was very meaningful but our love that for our each other that just it just was a i said i like that ceremony better than i did our original one you know we'd been mm-hmm. through and now we want to go through again you know yeah. we want to continue the journey yeah. And it's almost like you got to kind of like refresh your mind of mm-hmm. the, the vows because like you said we changed our personalities have changed so many times and I, I think you know when Jill and I first got married um, I, I I don't know if I actually th- intentionally thought of it but I'm pretty sure I went into it like this is who I am for all of eternity this is who you know Jill's going to be you know till the moment we die but the fact of the matter is I mean every phase of life your, your personalities change so much mm-hmm. I mean, when you right. first get married you get the honeymoon season mm-hmm. then you add kids and then your personalities change and then the kids get in their teenage life then your personalities change even mm-hmm. just little job situations I, Jill mm-hmm. can tell you that my personality has flipped 180 from when I was a youth pastor in Scotts Bluff to leading a church now here in North Platte mm-hmm. she wow. says I mean your personality has has changed and, and she and she loves it she loved me uh, when we first got married, who I was, and then she still loves me. Just, and just we change over times. So it's just, mm-hmm. you know, it's just. I, I think it's almost just a natural process of just our. Changing. Well, you know, and some of them say that you know they have just grown apart. Mm. Well, you look back and say, why did you grow apart? Did did you let your <clears throat> friends and your influences on the other side draw you away from each other? We had a couple, and I don't know how long you want to go with this, but um, we they were new. They were friends we met here at the church. It was after we became Christians and everything, and they didn't have any children, couldn't have children. So they kind of adopted our little, our, yeah. our two little ones that we had. And we spent a lot of time with them. I mean, a lot of time on our days off. They were over there at 8 o'clock in the morning, spend till 4 o'clock, you know, whatever, 
all day and in the evenings. And one day I told Glenn, I says, you know what? We don't have any quality time with our kids. You know, we don't, we, they're just here all the time and we love them, but you know, I mean, the, the friends, but we've got to, we're going to have to call, call it, you know? Yeah. So we just sat him down and said, you know, we love you guys, but we really need to get our home time. Um, we can't just, you know, be with mm-hmm. our friends all the time. We have to really, you know, cut back, you know, yeah. on this. And, and they took it really well, but some people probably wouldn't. But that was something there you got to remember. You grow apart because you're not spending time together. Mm. You know, all our time together. We A lot of people say, well, you spend, you know, you never go anywhere together alone. We do. We give each other the option to go places, do things. But we got married to be together, and we like being together. Oh, come on. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's good. I mean, that's, that's kind of where it's at. And mm. so we do, you do see us a lot together. We're, we're each other's favorite person. But we don't not have other friends, mm. and we don't not go anywhere. You know, like I, I'll go, if I want to go out for coffee or something with a friend, he's okay with it. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with it if he wants to. But just give me a sip. We no. just soon do it together. Yeah. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? Yeah. We like our friends, but we like each other too. So I mean, that's what Jill and I, you know, talk about just kind of growing you know, closer and not apart. That's one of the things that Jill and I, we establish is every Friday, we call it Fairbrook Friday. And that is our day. It's the start of my weekend from Mm -hmm. the church. My weekend's Friday and Saturday, but Fridays is for my family. There's exceptions if there's a funeral or a wedding (laughs) or something like that. But besides, as this might sound harsh, I mean, especially those maybe who are listening and don't know the inside look of a a pastor's life. Mm -hmm. But Fridays, I, I don't take any ministry calls. I, I focus on my wife and my kids. Um, we don't, right. you know, we'll uh, maybe invite a family over to have dinner or something like that. But I mean, that day, Jill and I is just, it's just us kids are in school. I mean, right now it's even cooler because, uh, Aspen and Micah are in school. Aspen's in school all day. So we just have a little baby Brooklyn. We'll have another one here on the way, but I mean, we can go out and do these dates and do these things. And it's, it's just us on Friday and Friday night is with our kids and we'll maybe order some pizza and we'll watch a movie together. We'll yeah. go to the pumpkin patch like we did last week. I think mm-hmm. this week we'll uh, carve pumpkins uh, for Halloween or whenever Halloween is. And, mm-hmm. um, and I, I think that's so important. And Jill, even now uh, we're talking, we just came back from Vail, Colorado, enjoyed, you know, the beautiful Rocky mountains. And I was thinking, I'm like, I would, I don't want to spend this time with anyone else besides like my wife. And I know it sounds cheesy, but it's uh, Jill, Jill's my best friend and I'm, I'm her best friend. And we've always talked of like, you know, we have friends that they'll go off and do their own little vacations and I'll do those things. Or, mm-hmm. you know, the guy, he, he goes out with his friends or the girl goes out with her friends or mm-hmm. all these different things. And I'm, I, we, we've done little things like that before, but I can tell mm-hmm. you like if I'm, uh, if I'm on a weekend guys with hunting and all that, I'll be thinking about my wife most of the time. Mm-hmm. You know, hunting's fun. I love hunting, mm-hmm. but it's like I'd rather spend this time with my wife. Mm-hmm. You know, but and it's healthy for you to be out with your friends, uh, for and, 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 and it's healthy. Yeah, you know, it is, and you know, and and we we feel the same way too. It's just our preference is if they could do those same things with us, so we mm-hmm. take them, you know, do it with yeah. them instead, or invite them along. Mm-hmm. But you know, sometimes you got to do those girl things or those yeah. guy things. Like I retired, you know, retired twelve years ago. I look forward to it because we could be together all the time. Uh, what? What do you mean? Some guy, you know, well, that one, that one guy at the rec center, man, he, he retired from. And his wife says, "Very good job, we we'll kill each other." So you got a job at the rec center. I said, "Man, I love being. We love being together. <laughs> we love it, man. This is 
And whether she meant that literally or whether she just, you know. But, <laughs> well, like, probably but not. I've heard other people, other women probably have said not. that, well, I don't want him to retire because we, if we're home together all day, we're going to kill each other, you know. It's like, yeah. that's not a very good yeah, thing. Really and, and there, I'm there's, sure they don't mean it. Yeah, and there's some relationships that are like that. You know, I have, I know some good godly marriages that you know they they fight more than jill and i fight you know and that's yeah yeah just how just how it works but man to 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 have a relationship that's kind of like you know your you just mentioned about your friend is like i'm getting a i'm getting a second job to be more away from home because i can't stand being home more than i need to with my spouse you know it's it's that's a hard way to live that's a and and i don't know if this is right but it almost sounds almost like a waste of time you know, if, 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 if you can't be home with the one that you love, that you dedicated, you know, your life to, to pursue yeah. after. Well, you know, it's real hard. With. When we got, when we retired, you know, we were looking so much, so forward to it. But the day we signed the papers actually and did it, I just cried because mm-hmm. I thought, oh my gosh, the railroad's taking care of us for so many years and 40 plus, you know, almost 40 years. And gosh, how do we, how are you, you know, and I, and I actually cried. And he said, what are you crying? I said, I don't know. I said, I'm happy, but it's just like such a strange thing. But um, where was I going with that? Um, I was going to go. Oh, well, anyway, I was going somewhere with that, and I forgot. But just scratch that. <laughs> but anyway, no, you're uh, good. No, but really, I, I just, um, oh, but it was real hard. The first six months was hard of, re- of retirement. And so people need to realize that it's a change. You know, I was a stay-at-home mom for most of it. So um, I knew he worked eight to eight to four, and I had kids in school. I could do what I wanted during the daytime, clean house, do whatever. Well, when we retired, now I've got him, and I didn't know he knew how to cook. I mean, I knew he'd helped me or he'd helped with laundry. Glenn was always always there to help. You know, he never never did. It was never 50%, but, you know, there was either whatever had to be done, either one of us did it. And so what I found out was he would be in the kitchen, and I always did things a certain way for 40-plus years in the kitchen. You know, now he now I got another guy, in, somebody in there that's, not putting things in the same place, not, you know, but he doesn't burn anything. He, he's real good about cooking. He can actually cook really well. And so I, it took me about six months to really get past that. Like somebody else is in my kitchen, you know, mm. and stuff. So you have some adjustments to make, but that's part of it. You make the adjustments as best you can and you move on and you keep going and it's a journey and you, it's your journey is what it's you fun. make it. It's what you make it. Mm-hmm. You know, my son gave us a, a picture when I never really thought about it as the journey until he gave us this big picture and it had a pathway in the trees and all that stuff down there. And it said the joys in the journey. And that's been kind of my thing. I said, I really never thought about that mm-hmm. before. And it is. The joy is in the journey. So, Yeah. So, I mean, talking about uncommon commitment, you know, mm-hmm. you, you guys have gone, of course, through your ups and downs. And, you know, yeah. you had your 18-month deployment overseas. And you guys were just married. You were pregnant. And then uh, you had the railroad life. And for those who are listening, for everyone that works on a railroad, that's a whole nother beast in itself with uh, long hours and stressful times and layoffs so there's those hard seasons and now you were you entered retirement and now you're home a lot more and she's used to you being at work and she's taking care of the house so then there's that other season there was hardships how how were you guys able to kind of stick with that reference point we were talking about earlier with commitment like how when when it's more common now, when hard seasons approach a marriage, to call it quits and say it's not worth fighting through this, how are you guys able to fight through it? How are you guys able to stick together through those trialing seasons? Well, I think the fact that my mom said that when we were younger about never going you know, to bed angry, that helped. At least you got that part out of it. We might not have got the problem solved, but at least you 
we're able to be civil. You know, yeah. we, we didn't really fight that much, I guess. You know, we, oh, we had a few. Yeah, my my daughter will tell me today, or my son said, well, gee, we thought you were going to get divorced because a couple of times they'd hear us holler. I said, well, that's nothing compared to what it could have been, you know, and mm-hmm. stuff. I said, I didn't really see felt that way. And I said, well, we wouldn't got divorced because that wasn't part of our vocabulary. But um, I said, it's just um, the commitment was we're going we're gonna to get through this. You know, mm-hmm. we're going to work this out. Um, if it takes a day, two days, three days, you know, we're not going to totally not talk to each other. You know, mm-hmm. we never did do that, you know, but <clears throat> we've got to find ways to work this out. And if we needed help, we would have gone for help, but we didn't feel like we needed to get outsiders involved and, yeah. you know. Yeah, you you mentioned you know don't not going to bed angry. I mean, scripture says don't let the sun mm-hmm. go down on your anger. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, my dad told me that he says no, don't let you know don't go angry to bed. And he went a step further. He mm-hmm. even said he's like no, don't go to angry to bed. And he's like if you're about to, then you know what, strip naked and then start to argue and see what happens. <laughs> and so and and and, and 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 you know maybe we've took that literal. That's why we have you know all these kids now. I don't know, but uh, I, I think there I think there's some real power in that because one people don't like conflict and relationships they'd rather push it aside ignore it and hoping and praying that it goes mm-hmm. away um but we all know that when you do that anger just kind of simmers on that back burner and it becomes mm-hmm. burnt and toxic and disgusting how were you i guess how, how did you guys practice that like practically like not going to bed angry? well not all the time there's been a few times in the years we get mad about something Whatever, probably something. Nothing really matters anymore. But and I would have been mad. And said, you go to work in the morning. You know, your kids come by. You just go to work. Then about eleven o'clock. Get the phone. Honey, I love you. I'm sorry. How you doing? I'm sorry. Said, it was my fault. Whatever. And I said, oh, it's okay. But you know, because I felt bad. Because I, because if I would have died, man, last thing I'd known. Mm-hmm. There's been times so we woke up that. and you know gone to bed that way because we were stubborn. Mm-hmm. And woke up during the night and mm-hmm. apologized to each other during the night because you can't sleep well when you've got yeah. something on yeah. your mind like that. And then none of our stuff, had, you look back at it, none of us, ours was like that horrible. You know, mm-hmm. it was just at the time it was horrible. Yeah. You know, yeah. things, you know, you just think it's horrible and stuff. Or Do you think the reason why people get so angry in their relationships and they throw out divorce as a regular term in their in their marriage i mean do you, do you think people are more offended now in their marriages like if something was done wrong against me i have this entitlement of like i'm the one that's hurt and you need to you know apologize or suffer for for what you did do you think that's more prevalent in today's relationships it it, it seems like from looking on that uh, uh people are 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 more hurt more now than ever in relationships, just just with little things here and there. Like uh, he didn't tell me he loved me on a text message, or he did this, or he did that, or or are they choosing? Um, I don't know. I, I guess maybe the best way to ask it. You know, Jill and I we we talked about how we're quick to forgive, and we choose <laughs> what to hold on to and what to let go of with our anger. And and I'm wondering if today people are choosing to hold on to a lot more than they should. I was going to say, or there's a lot lot more insecurity. I think today people won't admit it, but there's a lot more insecurity. I think, and their relationships. I think there's probably a lot more insecurity because people can get out of their relationships so much easier thanks to, mm. you know, judges or whoever. You know, just let them tear up the piece of paper and move on. 
And, you know, you can even do it online now. You can get divorced online. I mean, that's good. Oh, really can you? That's what I've been told. And I don't know if you don't have any children involved. Mm. And so, you know, it's it's just crazy. I mean, all the things that, that there's up against nowadays. I'll tell you, really, honestly, I would not want to do it all over again in today's world because there is so much out there, so many different influences and this and that, that I know we could do it. It's like I say, you know, if we got to the point of everything was taken away from us, like, you know, the way the world situation could be, got taken away from us and we ended up really poor, everything was taken away, our homes, stripped of everything, we know we could do it because we've been poor. Mm -hmm. But the the kids today or adults, young adults and those, they don't know what it's like to really be without anything because, like, I've always told younger people that, you know, the problem is, you know, what it took us 40 years to acquire you guys want it before you get married or right after you get married and stuff and you need to slow down a little bit and you know say I want I want to I want to get this with you I want to you know while we're married I want to it's fun it's make yeah. a game out of it and this you know get a savings account get this and that and work your way up to these things mm-hmm. instead of trying to get everything um, when you're first married because then the excitement leaves you don't have anything mm-hmm. to be excited about you know yeah. and but I think that a lot of them are insecure probably today more today than usual um, everybody wants um for one one i could think of instant is when i was working somebody had mentioned they were um they uh one was the one person was paying with a check and the other person asked her well you have your own checking account and then and i'm not against a woman having her own checking account or a man having their own checking account but she said and she says yeah, because before we got married, I wanted to make sure that I had an account in case something happened. So they already predetermined before they got married mm. that it might not work, or she mm-hmm. did anyway. So that's not a good, healthy thing to do. You know, you mm. need to get your mindset, as you talk, Cindy, get your mindset before you get married as this is the way it's going to be, and this is what I hope it's going to be now. Things do happen down the road, but if you have your mindset on mm. a certain Oh, I don't know. I've probably got off of what you were asking. But, no, no, I, I think um, that's good because I think today today people treat, you know, again, treat marriage like a contract rather than a covenant. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a contract, there's there's stipulations on what can make the contract void. So if you right. don't fulfill your end of the bargain, I can null this contract. Or if I do something wrong, you can null this contract. And so I think what happens today is a lot of people step into marriage with only one foot. And, right. that, and that's how they walk into it. And we both know you can't walk around with one foot. You need both of your feet to walk. And so I think that's what happens today. And, and I think that's in mainly part of why people choose to do more of, I call it playing house, but, you know, they decide to do live-ins. You right. know, they don't officially make it because as soon as you get that stamp on that marriage, then, oh, boy, it's official now. Mm-hmm. But I think that's what marriage is supposed to be. You know, right. it's supposed sure. to be. It's a chance you, yeah, you're taking. Yeah. Right? yeah. 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 And, you, and you jump in with two feet. And you, you know, you make it work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to make it work. You know, when you when you when they uh, are doing the other, as you you mentioned, they have they can walk away so easy. But when they're married, it's going to take a little bit more to walk away. And so they're going to, you know, they have to make it work or they can still walk away. And but it's going to be through more. So you're telling me that marriage takes work. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. More, some days more yeah. than others. Days and other work. days, you know, it's just pretty, you glide along, you know, it's like, as we all know, 2020 has been tough for everybody, you mm. know. That's that's tough even for us. A lot of things have happened in 20 that we never had, you know, the other years. They will go along for two or three years, and all of a sudden, I'll say, gee, you know, it's been kind of easy gliding here for a while. Well, just to take a breath because you know what's going to happen, you know. now mm. you And not to be... Um, negative about it. it's just that that's the way life goes sometimes you, you're up on a mountain and all of a sudden you know you're right down in the bottom again so. and no matter where you are whether you're in, no. in the sunny mountaintop or the dark valley i mean you still have to have that reference point mm-hmm. of where your commitment's going like you're you're committed no matter what right. and i love the fact that you brought this up and jill and i we have the same rule and we don't have the rule in place because it's happened before it's just we do feel like right. it wasn't a fair arguing point just throw the d word out there when you argue through divorce Mm -hmm. you know there i've i've had i've heard people i've had some friends uh that you know they go uh, through some arguments whatever and you know they they throw out the divorce like well maybe it's better to split or maybe it's better this um or just you know just get the papers and do that i'm like man you you've you've already jumped to the extreme so far in your first fights of marriage that i i I don't know how Mm -hmm. It can get better from here you know it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's really going to take for sure some sweat and blood and tears to, to make that going but I, I think that's a huge thing too is because people always want that out they always hold mm-hmm. on to that divorce card mm-hmm. so tightly just in case if it mm-hmm. doesn't work and you also have yeah, to make you also have to make your home a place that the other partner wants to come home to you know if they're just coming home to a bunch of um, <sighs> nonsense you know or whatever or not don't you know i'm not saying that you have to come home perfectly to a hot meal every night but a place that they want can hang their hat and forget about the world outside and if they have to come home and constantly be worrying about this and this and this and this at home too you know so you kind of but you work together on what how you can make that happen so for a married couple that's listening right now and they're brand new married which in fact we have uh, some newly married couples mm-hmm. fun fact for you i don't know if you guys know this fun fact for our church for those who are listening is we've grown with a lot of new what i say baby christians mm-hmm. and a lot of couples that were live-ins and they have children together but they weren't officially married three four years back joel and i were praying like lord would would you put something in our hearts for them to get married in the past couple of years we've done a lot of weddings with these couples come and say, you know what, we want to do it right. This last one, that's literally what they said. They're like, hey, mm-hmm. we want to do this right. We want to get married. Mm-hmm. We, we want to stop playing house. We want to get married. And so that's mm-hmm. really cool. So for those couples who are listening, you're talking about you want to make your home in a way that your spouse could come home and thrive in that environment. How did you do Look that? Look forward to coming home. Yeah, how did you do that? Well, I don't know. In my case, you know, I knew what time everybody was coming home, and I had a time during the day to do it. And I did work in later years, you know, and stuff, and we had to adjust. But you, you I think mainly is make sure that your outside world activities are either, your, you know, your spouse may know that you've got to do certain things in the evenings. That's, that's you know, it's just that's just everyday life. But you need to make sure that they know when they come home, maybe they want a nice meal. Maybe they want a clean house. Maybe, you know, just try to keep things the way, I guess, keep it up the way you would like the comfort part of it so that they don't want to go out and look around anywhere else because they're content on being in their Mm. place at home. You know, that they need to... um, Gosh, I don't know. I've never really been put on the spot on that. But... um, uh, 
kind of just, just goes back to like just just treat them how you want to be treated. Right, right. Back to the golden rule. You know, I mean, there's times at Glenn's. You know, I I worked you know for for about twelve and a half years there later on after Heidi was out of school because, you know, she was in college and stuff, and and so I started an actual job. Then I worked some part time jobs, but um, there was times that um, I'd come home from work at night and he'd ha- he'd put on a fire fireplace because he knew when I walked in the door that would make me feel good it would make mm. me feel happy so I guess that's where I w- would would say is you when your spouse comes in the door that night you want to make them feel happy make them feel like this is where they want to be uh, not out in a bar or out with their friends or whatever that they actually want to come home to you mm. and to your surroundings your children and you know children's can all be bathed and you know dinner and you can have a separate dinner together not every night but you know once in a while make them look forward to coming home yeah. you know i'm not saying we had the perfect home but i'm just saying a lot of those things is I, my mom used to always say the word keep the home fires burning you yeah. know keep them burning so that you know they don't want to venture out to other yeah. areas so yeah i think that's really cool and, and glenn i've got a question for you because sure. a lot of times uh especially for maybe the ladies that are listening to this they they think of like oh man like i'm just you know i'm being Cinderella and I'm scrubbing the floors and cleaning and cooking and this and that and he just comes home and throws his feet up and he's you know serve me baby and it's all about me and then I'll go to home and you know do it all again tomorrow type deal I mean I I I assume that wasn't kind of your take coming home uh doing that it's at least your marriage doesn't really exemplify that my question to you is I mean she's doing that at home how how did you walk into that home that she's been preparing all day um how did you honor her in that i mean how were you able to walk in there and, oh man it's, it's, it's always like that but the way we usually did it though is i did i did work in the house too because you know like right now okay right now right now i do all the vacuuming because hmm. you can't well i can but it's easier no because here's the back your back bother so i do the vacuuming Oh, the whole house. I don't mind it. It's we're in it together. But that back then, yeah, she had it all done. That's, I, I appreciate it. I mean, hey, give me that big kiss, baby. Yeah, hey, thank you. <laughs> it's nice. He always yeah. appreciated it. I appreciate it. I mean, you know, that's his question, yeah. but he but did see, always was, show appreciation. I was looking at that one scripture there in, Flip, in Ephesians 5, you know. And some, guy, some guys told me this, too, at work at the railroad years ago. Well, I'm the, I'm, the, I'm the man of the house. Christ told me I'm the I'm head of the wife, so I'm the boss. Well, it don't, it don't mean that. It don't mean that. Honey, do this and be, basically be a doormat, you know. Serve me at 5.32 every day or be my, my bear or something, you know. It's together. You get your together is at one. You know, equals. You know, so that's, that's the mean you, you lord over I'm the Lord, you know, because Jesus is my head of the house, you know. No, you know, I don't mean that. He says, you read the scripture following that, sir? He goes, what's that? Love your wife like Christ of the church and died for it. Would you die for your wife? Well, where did it say that at? What, the next verse. Mm. He, says, he says, husband loves his wife, he's well, Christ of the church and gave himself for it. You love her that much? That's pretty heavy. Oh, I don't think that's in there. Yeah, it's in there. Go look at it. Ephesians 5.25. So that's how I love her. I mean, I love her like she's my equal. Mm. Yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciate everything it does. I told her I do. Appreciate it. Appreciate what you make me do for me. Appreciate 
Look at you. You're beautiful. I love you. I always tell her all the time, constantly, I love you. I love you. I send her little notes on the internet. I love you, sweetest heart there is. She's got a heart. She get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great. That's awesome. So, you know, I always tell people, they'll say, well, <clears throat> you know, your husband looks really nice. Says, you know, what you see is what you get. Mm-hmm. You know, he always treats me like, like, like I'm worth something, mm-hmm. you know, and, and uh, that he really cares. And if he would come home, like you say, on those days, if I was, if everything wasn't 100%, he got right in there and started, is there anything I could do to help you? You know, whatever. And that's important, too, because it works both ways. It's not yeah. just all on one's shoulders. It's on <clears> both <throat> your shoulders. And if you can get that together, then everything else will work out. Yeah, right. I mean, there's been, I mean, there's been some times, especially with my job where, I, you know, I've had just maybe just a horrible day at work for whatever reason. And there is actually been some times that, and I don't know if people that are listening that maybe they uh, this might help. Hopefully it helps. But there's been some times where I've had to park the car in the driveway, realize my frustration. And, you know, the first thing that I would like to do is go in there, take off my shoes, sit on the couch, eat some food, tell the kids go in the backyard, don't bother me, all this stuff. But I stop. I literally have to take some couple of deep breaths. Mm-hmm. I pray like, Lord, like, would you like help me to leave my day in this car? And I literally have to tell myself, this doesn't happen all the time, but some maybe some really bad days at work where I have to tell myself now is the time where I have to give my best to my family. Like, sure. I gave my best at work, but my family deserves mm-hmm. better. Mm-hmm. And so now right. is the, the time to do that. And I think when we talked about in Ephesians five or you know, it says, you know, it says that submit word, which I know a lot of people don't like that today. We you know wives submit to your husbands, but husbands, you know, love your wife as Christ has loved the church. Mm-hmm. And he goes on and says, you know, this is the great mystery of all of this because this is, how the world sees the relationship between us and God is through the marriage. And so I think mm-hmm. that's, that's so big. You're talking about showing appreciation uh, right, yeah. for her. Um, I mean, what, what does that look like? Were you buying her flowers every day? Were you, uh, you gotta tell him, I gotta tell him about the flowers. Well, you know, he ran to work. That was his, he saved gas. He ran, He's he was runner, a runner. Yeah. So he ran back and forth to work, which was six miles. One way, right? Okay. So on the way home one day, it was, I think it was my birthday or something. And we had a flower shop that was halfway home. So about probably a mile or mile or two miles. Yeah, somewhere. We live in East Town. For the listeners that remember, it was Leo's Flowers. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, he, he comes home and he walks in the door and he's got this big hanging plant that he's running with all the way from downtown. <laughs> That's how much he loved me. He did that several, you know, different things, strange things he would do. You know, sometimes I say, hey, you're too goofy, but you know, he would do that. And I remember that it was a, it was a potted plant that it was on a hanging, you know, hanging basket. And he's, I could see a, see him running down the, you were running uh, with the, yeah. not even a bouquet of flowers. It's a big old potted plant. Yeah. Yeah. It was on a macrame <laughs> type of hanger and it was just running, you know, yeah. yeah. That shows your love because you're not embarrassed to do anything for the one you love. The guys were the one making fun of him. The women were like, oh, man, I wish my husband would do that. (laughs) So, yeah, he's done a lot of crazy things like that in our marriage. So, no. That's oh, that. That's what you remember. You I still, know? I still, I still, I still that get, makes up for the times giddy. that are a little rough. Mm-hmm. I, still, yeah? I still get giddy right here. So I've got uh, <clears throat> a couple questions I want to ask you guys. Okay. We, we've asked these in uh, just a, kind of a roundabout way. But uh, one of the things... I see a lot today marriages is a couple just kind of venting about each other 
behind each other's backs, uh, slandering. Maybe I call it gossip. I don't know what people are maybe call it complaining or friendship therapy mm-hmm. or whatever that looks like. Uh, my question is for you guys is, is um, has that ever happened in your marriage and your commitment with one another? Um, is that good for a relationship? You know, why or why not? Um, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Talk to those couples out there that are, you know, they're, uh, you know. Just it's never happened. It. I never bad mouthed my wife. All right. Mm-hmm. That's what I call it. Is that bad, what you'd call it? Bad mouthing? Bad mouthing yeah. my wife to my friends at work or anything like that because I always try to uplift her, build her up and stuff. But I never, I never have done that. As far as I remember back all the years, I've never done that and there's no reason to because it's not, it's not, it's not, a, one thing, it's not Christian, one thing. It's not Christ-like, one thing. Mm-hmm. It's only being like Christ, it's not Christ-like. And that hurts. If it gets back to her or something, now, that hurts. That kind of stuff. You got a complaint. I got a problem, honey. Let's talk about it. Or same with me. I got a problem. Let's talk about it. Have a cup of coffee. Talk about it. She'll have pop. All right. Talk to I'll each other. Coffee. Not. You got to. a problem with something? Here it is. Just deal it right here. Okay. Not going to my buddies at work. Hey, my old lady, man, she did this. Well, it doesn't bring honor nah, to your fa- your marriage either. Will. It doesn't, you know, it just doesn't bring honor to your <clears throat> marriage. And and um, <clears throat> you're one flesh when you get married. You know, it brings you together as one flesh. So if you're hurting your husband in that way, talking about him behind your back, you're also hurting yourself. Yeah. And if people need to realize you are one flesh, you're no longer... Um, when you get married, your friends stay there and you're getting, you know, you're now you're with this person. So you're, you're, he, that person comes first over your friends, over your other relationships that you have. Um, whether you like it or not, that's the choice you made when you get married. And so a lot of people don't want to leave that behind, mm-hmm. you know? So in this case, um, I would say there, I know you shouldn't be talking. It doesn't do anything good for your marriage to do that. Um, you know, we I don't recall that I have. I've said funny things, you know. I have a friend at the pool. We always, you know, we've been married the same length of time. And we all say, yeah, you know, what, so-and-so, you know. And, yeah, my husband, I could relate to that. You know, but it's nothing. We're not complaining about each other. We're not, you know, bad-mouthing, as he would call it, you know, either. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's just conversation. That's you know, those guys at work years ago to talk about, about their wives, about their sexual life. I did this with my wife. What are you, neighbors? That's none of your business, my friend. No, your business. I do with my wife, and you could ask me that. That offends me. I don't work. Me. I just, yeah, yeah. I do some. What about you? Yeah, your, pri- your, your private time is your private time. Yeah, just your giving honor wax. in all aspects. Yeah. You know, I think that's. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's. It needs to be healthy. And like she's that. not my old lady. She's my wife. Yeah, not the old lady. She's my wife. Yeah, and I think again, just bringing honor and upholding and and showing value. Mm-hmm. I think that's missing in a lot of today's marriages. Um, and, and I also think, you know, there's, there is a line of like, um, if there's a really rough season, um, I want my wife to be able to maybe go talk to her sister, mm-hmm. you know, and doing that. But mm-hmm. I think the difference is the difference between gossip and, um, good Christ centered conversation is if my wife is talking to her sister and saying, this is what my husband's doing. And maybe her sister replies. And by the way, the, my sister-in-law is amazing. She does not reply like this. I'm pretty sure is, uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, he's, yeah, he's like, yeah, he's a piece of trash, you know, or agree yeah, or, or just agreeing with it instead of trying to bring the conversation back around to where God would like it to be. Because uh, I think there is some health that, you know, if you right. need to have confidential right. conversations right. allowed to take place. But if you are talking to somebody that's 
trashing your spouse or your special someone along mm-hmm. with your confidential conversation, then it's it's not doing any good. Mm-hmm. And they need to make sure that that person know that this is confidential too. That you know it, you wouldn't be telling just anybody, but you trust their friendship, you trust their. Uh, their opinion and and you know that you're going to get good uh, you know even if it means you have to go to a professional I mean you know Mm -hmm. that but you expect them to keep that confidence you know whatever and so yes sometimes we have to turn to a brother or a sister or uh, a really 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 good friend but you got to make sure that this is you know not something you do as a habit it's just Mm -hmm. something on occasion you might need to just get it off your chest and you but the best person to get off your chest to is the person that you're having a problem with mm-hmm. you know is your husband or your wife and uh, if you can maybe not right that moment maybe you have to wait a couple of days till mm-hmm. your different mood set but yeah so i don't know yeah, yeah I, know I, I, I think that's pretty good with commitment too is i mean you guys both have to be open to receiving and giving criticism mm-hmm. you know, to one another not that it happens all the mm-hmm. time but you know mm-hmm. as life goes on it gets easier and you kind of know each other and so but uh you know i think that's that's really big so here's my last question for this podcast is if you can give um a piece of advice to a single person right now who's not married doesn't have a relationship they want to be married Mm -hmm. they want to find that special someone um what's your piece of advice for them in just that waiting period i'd say i'd say i learned a long time ago if somebody like a young, say a young person, you know, get, pray, pray for his spouse. Pray for a spouse that God will bring along in his life sometime in the future. And to be the right person. And you'll know what it is. You'll, you'll know who it is. That's what I heard, you know, preachers tell me that. And people pray. If, you know, if they pray for their spouse, you know, they pray for whoever you are, man or woman, whoever you pray for your, your spouse, take the finest spouse. To God lead, to lead to lead you to her or him. That's what I think. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, us we just took a chance. We were we weren't Christians. We just we were church. Took, took a chance. We really just took a chance. You know, like I, I was California born. She was in Nebraska. And I was like, Phew. you know, but it worked out great. But God has honored our, our, our God has honored our vows. Let's just say after we got saved, probably a spot because we were churched, but that when we found out Jesus was should be a bigger part of our life and we didn't know the personal part of it when we about six years later then even things got our you know we lost friends because they didn't understand this and that mm-hmm. but we made better friends and we were all more like-minded mm-hmm. no bars no this and that you know whatever so yeah. it's just kind of more like-minded and more home bound you know things like that are more they had more things in common really mm-hmm. than the people that are out in the world still that yeah. you know really don't cherish marriage or relationships or, you know, you know, yeah. so you lose, you lose some friends, but that's okay. We, yeah. we've survived. <laughs> yeah. So, you make so, new ones. so, so submit it to God. Pray. Yeah. Yeah. Do that. Yeah. 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 Submit it. So <laughs> God's got somebody out there yeah. that said, are you willing to yeah. wait until yeah. he brings that mm-hmm. person along? Yeah. yeah. So <clears throat> did he bring us along? I don't know. Uh, we feel that he must have put us together yeah. because it's you know, I don't know. I, you know, yeah. I I just my 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 I, big dream in life was to get married, have a family, you know. And uh, I didn't care about a job particularly, you know, be a big career person. And when he came along, he just knew because I dated other people, but I just knew when he came along. That's why it, you know happened so fast. The kiss, 
The kiss did it. The, the kiss did it. You're, you're that the kiss, good. The kiss did it. Well, no, yeah. I'm not that good, but I had two dates in high school. Yeah. When I was being girls, hardly all. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. That's good. Well, for the the married couples out there, what's I guess if you can give them one piece of good marriage advice, what would you say? I'd give them a piece of advice. Like my dad, my dad used to always say, not about marriage, but you could put it with marriage. My dad used to always use the phrase, "A stitch in nine saves, save stitch in time saves nine. nine. And I would put that with marriage because you know if you fix it while it's broken you're not likely going to end up in divorce court. Mm-hmm. But if you wait till it is broken, it just gets harder and harder mm-hmm. to fix. So a stitch in time saves nine. And so that's where I would say my dad was pretty wise with his words. And Yeah, the back to, you know, again, Jill and I were in Vail, and that's a, a, it was a renewed senior pastor's marriage retreat is what it was, and it was super good. But one of the counselors there, he was talking about, you know, with, with marriage, too many times people wait for the red lights to come up on the dashboard in the car before mm-hmm. it gets fixed. He's like, if you keep doing that, your car's not going to last too long. It's, it, it'll, it'll break down. You'll have to get a new car. Right. So that's what happens. But if you do the regular maintenance on it, you do the oil change before the lights comes on, you get the new tires for the lights come on and you take care of your car, be intentional and proactive in it. Then your car is going to last you a lifetime. And he says the same thing goes with marriage. He's like, you, you don't wait till the red lights come up on the dash before you mm-hmm. do something, work on it, take care of it. Yeah. maintain it and do that see, so, see a problem fix adjust it. a problem with your, with your spouse because you don't know what kind of problem it could be but we don't have problems like that I mean of course yeah. that kind but if you value your marriage you you'll, value you'll get it fixed yeah. if you yeah. value your marriage because you're both humans you know not perfect <laughs> yep <laughs> and don't go outside <clears throat> try to find it somewhere else to fix because it's not you know it's going to be the same problem just in another yeah person or whatever, yeah. you know, so yeah. yeah, fix what you've got. Can I say this to all the guys out there? Yeah. All the guys out there in Radio Land, happy wife, happy life. Take care of her. Take care of her. Love on her, cherish her. So you love her all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can't say it enough. Can't say it enough. Oh, I agree. Well, awesome, guys. Well, thank you guys for being on Rock Talk. Uh, I know this is going to bless welcome. a lot of people. Uh, and uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but people do look at your marriage as an example. Uh, and, and, and I, I hope think we didn't good. overshare. And do that. Oh, absolutely not. We could have kept going. We could going. have embarrassed ourselves. No, here, you could have so. kept going. And in fact, we might have to bring you guys back on uh, here in the future. You guys did awesome, but thank you guys so much. And again, thank you guys for joining us here on Rock Talk Episode 2, talking about Uncommon Commitment. Uh, you guys will hear from us next week. <laughs> <laughs>